from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to Thanksgiving, Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Tomorrow, we here in the U.S. celebrate Thanksgiving. And what a great time to reflect on all the things we are grateful for in our lives, whether it be the people we share our lives with, our families, our friends, our loved ones, our colleagues, this amazing cybersecurity community. So much to be thankful for this year. We've got a packed show this morning, really, really packed. I'm trying to get two days worth of shows done in one episode here for y'all to send you off over the week with some one reading materials, uh, some things to think about, the heart in your environment, understanding that Black Friday is Friday. And if you're in retail, this entails, um, obviously, the target breach was uh, uh, perpetrated on Black Friday um, and, and, and so many others happen around the fourth quarter of this year. So we want to be mindful of that this morning. Good morning to Mr. Bob Henderson. Good morning to Chris. Thank you all for being here. Let's grab our cup of coffee this morning and a big shout out coffee cup. Cheers for this Thanksgiving. I hope you all uh, are ready for some time off. Coffee cup cheers and one sip. Um, when your espresso is good, you can't like not get it while it's hot. It's, it's, it's a rule of thumb. We'll start off with Microsoft warning of a BOA web server risk after uh, cyber criminals are targeting it in power grid attacks. The, or, uh, the, um, the warning coming to organizations about the risk associated with the discontinued BOA web server after vulnerabilities that are affecting the software are being exploited by threat actors in an operation aimed at the energy sector. Their um, recorded features reporting seeing a Chinese threat group targeting operational assets within India's power grid. In April of 2022, the firm published a new report describing attacks launched by different Chinese state-sponsored threat actors against organizations in India's power sector. The targets include several load dispatch centers responsible for carrying out grid control and electricity dispatch operations. These SLDCs maintain grid frequency and stability through access to supervisory control and data acquisition systems, a.k.a. SCADA. Microsoft has analyzed IP addresses included in those IOCs and determined that they are hosted BOA, an open source web server designed for embedded applications. The problem is that BOA has been discontinued since 2005 but it's still present in many IoT devices. A Shodan search reveals hundreds of thousands of internet-exposed BOA web servers, including many in South Korea, Taiwan, and the United States. And this kind of goes, and we'll talk about China uh, uh, towards the end of the show this morning, but this kind of goes to tell you how um, China identifies these vulnerabilities, goes in, eliminates them, while everyone else is kind of just cruising along uh, with uh, with with a hope. Record, recorded Future says that while it has not seen any evidence of I- ICS networks being compromised in attacks aimed at India's energy sector, you can't rule it out. They could know about this. The Chinese are waiting to pull the trigger. They may not want to do it right then and there, kind of similar to SolarWinds. They got exposed by SolarWinds. Uh, they, they, they weren't necessarily ready uh, at that time a few years ago. Hackers, um, criminals, uh, steal $300,000 in DraftKings uh, credential stuffing attack. The popular sports betting company DraftKings said that it would make uh, customers whole that were affected by a credential stuffing attack to lead to losses of up to $300,000. The statement um, following a tweet said that DraftKings was investigating reports of customers experiencing issues within their accounts. Uh, later found out that some customers had $300,000 stolen 
from their accounts in a credential stuffing account they've turned on mfa how do you not require people to have mfa 2022 heading into 2023 um especially when you're dealing with money i don't know that seems a bit irresponsible on the DraftKings side um enterprises are paying 1200 per employee annually to fight cyber attacks against cloud collaboration app, uh, apps this kind of goes into the whole idea of there's because of the remote workforce the, dis, the distributed workforce Enterprises are spending around $1,200 a year per employee to address the risk of cloud-based workforce collaboration apps that brings to the business stuff like Slack or, 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 or Mira or, you know, so many others. Um, Asana, um, it's a well-known reality at this point. Um, while we're changing patterns, the, the, the way that we collaborate has really evolved, whether it be uh, online whiteboards um, whether it be how we collaborate, organizations are essentially paying around $1,200 a year to address successful cyber incidents across email services, cloud collaboration apps and services, and web browsers, meaning a 500-employee com uh, company would spend on average $600,000 on an annual basis. Um, the researchers found that uh, the, this cost excludes compliance fines, ransomware mitigation costs, and business losses from non-operational processes. This doesn't include potentially... Um, the, the access to, that the threat actors would get to company information. Um, and, and it's really significant. Um, it really is. Um, now, a lot of this is, is simply happening because of the lack of control, the shadow IT, right? And you see that kind of with, with the example here of the, so many of these HubSpot, Salesforce, Facebook Workplace, Jive, Yammer, uh, Google Workspace, Teams, Huddle, Slack, SharePoint, OneDrive, um, a box, um, like it's everywhere. Zoom, WebEx, I mean, it's it's it really is everywhere. This kind of brings up the idea that that's a challenge for so many practitioners. How do you create safe collaboration? I think this is going to come to the next gen of kind of as a service type of security programs that are going to be required. Something to keep in mind, something to read over the holiday break, something to consider, something to look at. These aren't part of your frameworks. This isn't something that would be on a checkbox, but it's something that's real, by the way. So, so it's worth a reading. Dark Reading has it on their website. All the links are in the show notes for everyone listening or watching. You can go check that out, and please make sure to subscribe while you're at it. Russian cyber gang stole over 50 million passwords this year. At least 34 distinct Russian-speaking cybercrime groups using info-stealing malware like Raccoon and Redline have collected around 50,350,000 passwords from 896,000 individual infections from January to July. The stolen credentials were for crypto wallets, Steam, Roblox, Amazon, and PayPal accounts, as well as payment card records. Again, money. According to a report... Um, from Group IB, whose analysts have been tracking these operations globally. Most victims are based in the U.S., Germany, India, Brazil, and Indonesia, but they've targeted 111 countries all in all. And you can see in here the Philippines, Turkey, France, Vietnam, and Italy as well. The info stealers are a way for the Russians to actually get money right in there. These are Telegram-based operations, and it's something that's worth, this would be something great, to share internally it also is something i would take to the board um to push a passwordless or a, a a revolution in the way you deal with passwords going forward sisa made an update to their infrastructure resiliency planning framework this week they announced the addition of new tools and guidance to infrastructure resilience planning framework which was initially released in 2021 
The IRPF is meant for state, local, tribal, and territorial entities looking to include critical infrastructure, security, and resilience in their planning in the face of evolving threats. The framework can help understand and communicate how the community benefits from infrastructure resilience, identify the impact of threats and hazards, prepare relevant entities for evolving threats and hazards, integrate critical infrastructure, security, and resilience into planning and investment decisions, and recover faster from disruptions. The data set provides users with guidance on how and where to find publicly accessible geospatial information system on critical infrastructure assets via the Homeland Infrastructure Foundation level data site, as well as several other GIS sites. The updated also provide guidance on challenges of receiving diverse opinions during planning. The guidance explains how the right stakeholders can be brought together to ensure that diverse opinions and interests are taken into consideration, which is very The Pentagon yesterday released their zero trust strategy to guide DOD cybersecurity uh, priorities. The uh, DOD uh, officially launched their strategy roadmap, laying out how DOD components should direct their cybersecurity investments and efforts in the coming years to reach a target level of zero trust maturity over the next five years. The aim is to counter a rapid growth in offensive cyber threats by shifting away from perimeter defense model to a never trust, always verify mindset, according to DOD Chief information officer john sherman who wrote in the forward of the strategy that zero trust is much more than an it solution zero trust may include certain products but is not a capability or a device that may be bought the journey to zero trust requires all dod components to adopt and integrate zero trust capabilities technology solutions and processes across their architecture system and within budget and execution plan perhaps most importantly they must also address zero trust requirements within their staffing training and professional development processes as well the human aspect of zero trust here is so critical. I can already see the minds of the staff over at Know Before Now. Just boop, 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 zero trust trainings, zero trust trainings. How do you develop that into your staff, into your training, into everything you do going forward? Uh, definitely something worthwhile. It's a great document to read. I started uh, uh, looking over it yesterday, um, and we'll, we'll talk more about it next week, obviously. And our final story of the day, China. Why not? CyberScoop did a great write-up on Monday about how China has risen to cyber uh, excellence and essentially all the steps it took. And this really starts with President Xi Jinping, um, who from the early 2000s to 2015 has really built up a program of China's digital warriors, essentially. They're they're state-sponsored hackers from the 2014 OPM breach to Marriott, Equifax, and many, many more um, it's the beginning of China's real kind of assimilation into power and kind of their new way of thinking of power uh, in terms of becoming a global power is, is by using their cybersecurity capabilities to leverage out for diplomacy and to, to focus on Chinese interests. This has been part of Xi Jinping's plan in 2013. And since then, he's really taken it across and has really developed it over the last nine years. And now with an additional five-year term, uh, Xi Jinping is only going to, invest more in this because it's working for him. See, cybersecurity is a matter of government policies, and he's enacted all of the state-sponsored tools, which in China is everything, to do just that. They've started with hacker boot camps to now capture the flag, to building education programs, to highlighting their best threat actors. In fact, every time the DOJ puts out wanted uh, Chinese uh, government operatives that are cybersecurity criminals and hackers, the first thing China does is say, these are our national heroes, and that's why the West wants them. And they're essentially cr- making these people heroes, not soccer players, not basketball players, not any of that. They're, they're using their cybersecurity 
essentially teams and the the global powers of that to really encourage the next generation and they're really building this through their academia through universities through uh, elementary schools and middle schools and high schools as well they've rolled out a bunch of capture the flag organizations they've done a whole slew of those across the country over the last five years They've obviously changed laws in order for vulnerabilities to be reported internally within China before they can be reported externally. That's really kind of changed the balance of power for a lot of organizations operating within China. Sorry, I I, I jumped up there. Their programs are mirroring the Center for Academic Excellence in Cyber Operations by the NSA and DHS. Um, and, And so they're really kind of studying what's going on and they're kind of doing it there. And it's it's part of a greater um, Chinese... Uh, 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 workman information security Ironman competitions that they started in 2016 that now go on um, to China. Uh, you know they don't let them travel outside the country. They're really trying to reward them and and give them money internally and really create a different playing field. They want to get around 30,000 of these experts production a year of cybersecurity experts every single year. You can imagine the kind of prowess and the kind of power they would have. This would be bigger than their actual military, but they, the Chinese believe if you read kind of like their hundred year plan, if, if you understand how China operates, this is part of a greater, they see cyber as being how in the new economy, in the new digital economy, they're able to have the strongest cyber military per se. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, what the U S has had since world war II, the strongest military, the, the, the best trained military, China seeing that in cybersecurity. And if we don't kind of, get in on ourselves here um, and, and understand their plans, we might find ourselves really outsmarted um, and, and outplayed here very, 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 very soon. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind here today, folks. We ran way over this morning's show, but definitely because it's our last show of the week, I wanted to give you all um, uh, all the different stories I'm seeing and give you uh, some some articles to read. I'd encourage you to read the Cyber Scoop article. It's in the show notes, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube or any of your favorite social media platforms, whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, um, or Rumble, you can obviously look at the show notes. You'll see the links there, and you can read all these stories over your Thanksgiving break. Have a great Thanksgiving, y'all. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for all your support so far this year. Really, uh, uh, I'm grateful for everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all, and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.